decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for you to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And the way we will play with Maryland Pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, damn. What a play by Pius. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Wheels, Mr. Tony Wheeler, how you doing? I'm good, Larry. How are you, bud? Is this like Christmas Day for you? You know, um, happy NCAA lacrosse selection tournament day to all those who observe. <laughs> yeah, well, look, this is my first one watching live and like really, really caring about it. So it's funny, Jeff. Jeff tweeted out that they were hosting this, right, and uh, th- that you were hosting the that you were going to do the podcast for this. And I tweeted back at him, and I was like, one of the un- one of the undertold stories this year is is Larry's evolution as a full on lacrosse fan. Oh, really? I didn't know. Uh, so, I, so I, tw- I it's tweeted on Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are we doing the uh, the game at the end? You're going to give me some lacrosse terms? Uh, I've got some. Nice. I cannot. I, I, got I love that. I can't wait. We'll see. Although, how do- you you are becoming a fan to the point where it is hard for me now to. To, to find things that, uh, that you probably I, don't know. I have an objection to the last time. Okay. Because you gave me a bunch of terms and one of them was rope unit. Yeah. And I said it was like like a defensive line, like in hockey when you have your, mm. your lines. It's, it's the one that's more defensive and not looking uh, as not a more offensively minded like um, line. And I think that's kind of what it is, right? Isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a midfield s- unit, right? It, it's a, yeah. But it's 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 particular to just playing defense. What, well, that's what I said. Defensive, Sorry. right? Like okay. And you did not give it to me last time, and I, I went know. like five hundred. I feel like I kind of got that. I'll, I'll give it to you, Larry. All right, thank you. I'll, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll grade on a curve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, look, you got to take take your supporters when you can get them, right? I know. Here I am trying to convert people. I, I appreciate you know. Uh, I think I think we got a nice community going on IMS with the lacrosse, uh, men's and women's. I think there's a nice, yeah. uh, I think there's a nice community that we're that's watching the women's selection show right now, and the Maryland women got effectively what could be called the tenth seed. They're unseeded, but if they win their their game and the seventh seeded 
was it Syracuse? I think it's James was, Madison. Oh, James Madison was seven. Yeah. They both win. They'll play. So that's effectively seven ten. Yeah. So they they uh, they'll host Drexel in the first round, right? Yeah, first round. So, and then uh, yeah, right now and they've they've got Kelly uh, Amante Hiller, who's the head coach at uh, at uh, Northwestern. She's a Maryland a Maryland alum. Um, and she's got seven national titles. Yeah, she played with Kathy Reese. Um, her and Kathy Reese. As a coach, a, she has seven national titles. Yeah, Northwestern had a run. Um, they have of, seven, really? Uh, maybe. So Maryland's uh, got like twenty or so, right? Yeah, I mean, and unless I, unless they're counting her her three that she won as a player. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was the Division One Player of the Year. Uh, oh, okay. Back back in the mid nineties, she was elite. Well, I'll tell you the one thing I noticed most, we sort of talked about it in the pre-show, the fact that they have 29 teams, but it's because they have so many more division one teams where we got into the title nine thing and everything. But one thing that that's really interesting to me is the growth of, of, of the sport and in particular division one men's and how everything's so concentrated in Northeast and because of Maryland Moving to the Big Ten, it helped expand mm-hmm. the sport into the to the Midwest a little mm-hmm. bit. There, you have Ohio State and Michigan, which are very quality programs now. And You've Notre got, Dame, of course, no, Notre Dame, right? Was always pretty good, though, right? Though they've never won a national title. Never won a national title. Never won a national title. But yeah, you got a good contingent in the Midwest, and then they just added a new one too. Who? Uh, a university out Missouri elevated from Division two to Division one. This was their first season called Lindenwood. Oh yeah, University. okay. They, I yeah, think they, I re- yeah, because I've been researching that. But really, what I'd love to see is out west, and now you've got Denver and Air Force and in, in Colorado, yep. and then you've got Utah, who's yep. making their first tournament. Yep. That's the furthest west team ever to make the tournament. They're not expected to do well, obviously, but you start to get. You get one or two more of those schools that are willing to go out on a limb out in the West, and then all of a sudden, it's very easy for other teams to join because you can create a conference out there, and not every one of your games has to be on the East Coast. So you can control travel costs that way, and there'll be a tipping point. If they just get like a couple more, they can kind of form that conference. I saw an article that said in the Pac-12 USC, but they'll be Big Ten starting next year. Yep. Uh, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, yep. and then my R Washington. That's my Baltimore. He's coming in, uh, and Air Force. No, no, not Air Force. BYU right. and the Arizona schools, maybe. Well, in Colorado, Colorado's got a team. Arizona State has a team. Yeah, but not Division One. I'm saying as potential Division One teams. Oh, you mean on the men's side? Because on the women's yeah. side, no, on the men's side. Yeah, on the women's side, they already have them. Well, there's tons of them out there, right? Yeah, there's yeah. yeah, but on the men's side, you could get a really nice West Coast conference, and now all of a sudden you got a national sport. The other thing would be if the SEC embraced it. They never will. Never will? No, I don't think you'll see any SEC school ever do it because you know, look at the basic SEC. I mean, look, the SEC does not sponsor soccer, does not sponsor men's soccer. Yeah. I mean, think about that. There's well, so so few men's soccer programs at SEC schools that yeah. they all have to play like in the Missouri Valley. Yeah. Well, I I saw read a few articles on it, and one of the ones I saw said potential SEC teams are Florida and Georgia, which would kind of make sense because 
they're on the East Coast, and it's just a little bit down from North Carolina. You, you keep expanding a little bit further down the South. They said in the ACC that Miami was a possibility as well. The Florida AC- State has always been rumored. Okay. Um, to the point where some people filed a Freedom of Information Act. Our show started, by the way, for you guys watching. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop this. Up. I'm going to share my screen. We'll continue talking. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to uh, share my screen here. This is how we're going to do it. As the teams are selected, we're going to slide them into my little bracket here. As everybody knows, I do everything on the uh, in spreadsheets. I'm an Excel nerd. Anyway, sorry to me to interrupt. I just want to get ready. When they start announcing, we'll start sliding sliding them in, and you'll be the color guy. Yep. You when they when they announce the team, you can you can wax poetic about each team. <laughs> Yeah, they're showing Denver. That's Bill Tierney. Yeah. See, hey, starting to learn, starting to learn. And, uh, you know, he's not, uh, he's probably not going to make the tournament this year, but let's see. Well, we'll yeah. Uh, well, I got him in here. I got him yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're on the bubble. Yeah. For what, for what, for what bubble there is, for what bubble there's left. Yeah. So I get the teams that I got here, I got from Patrick Stevens' article. And that's a nice segue into talking about Patrick Stevens, who's going to be, on our show at 9.50 in about 20 minutes here. I want to do one thing real quick. Just slide that over there so I can see the chat in case anybody wants to say anything. About 13 people watching. That's not bad for a lacrosse episode. We're growing. We're growing the sport. Remember? We're growing the sport, yeah. <laughs> but I got I read Patrick Stevens' article earlier this morning. These were all the teams he listed as potential teams, and I know some of them – Really don't have a shot, but they were in his article, so they're there. Yep. Just you never know what's going to happen, and it seems as though there's not much intrigue, as as much intrigue, I guess, as as in the basketball selection show. No, and it's because there's only 17 total teams that get selected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so you know, there's just fewer spots. There there are some deserving teams probably, but there's just not enough room for them. You got nine automatic qualifying bids and you got eight at-large bids. And when you realize that the ACC doesn't have a conference tournament, the, uh, the NCAA doesn't recognize them uh, for lacrosse as a as a AQ conference because they only have five programs. You got to have six to get an AQ. So out of the eight AQs, at least three are going to are going to the ACC straight out of the bat. Probably the top three seeds. Yeah. So well. They're talking about Utah here now. Yeah, I see that, which is great for the sport, right? It is, and you know they they started out. A guy named uh, Brian Holman was their coach, uh, and he's now coaching the in the pros. And um, he he was the first coach there, and he stepped down last year. And they brought the guy from Robert Morrison to be the head coach, and he, he took him to their first ever. That's great. Tournament. So they're they're in the Atlantic Sun, the newly formed. Let me Atlantic ask you Sun. this. Yeah. Would the tournament selection committee give Denver any extra bonus points just to try and make it a more national, more national type field? Well, no, they wouldn't I, do that. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, if they like, we're talking about well, the I mean, growth look, of the sport. If, like, if it's anything, if they're going to do it for anything, I mean, Denver won a national title a couple of years ago, so you know they're 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 not exactly an right. unknown. Who did they uh, beat in the final, by the way? I'm not even going to bring it up. (laughs) One of the the ones I've seen in person. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think I've seen like seven of them in person. What's Maryland's record in finals four oh, and 15 or something like that? Yeah. I mean, coach Tillman is what two and two and eight or something like that himself. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're Duke's the number one overall here. There we go. Actually, All right. A little surprising. There we go. We're going to slide Duke over right there. You think that's surprising? Why? It is because uh, UVA has three top five RPI wins compared to Duke's one. Duke had the overall top RPI, but uh, there was a lot of. So if they're using RPI, then that does not bode well for Maryland getting the four, correct? It may not. And that's expected. They just. Delaware and Maris, there's Delaware. Yeah, on the plan. This is kind of playing out to how Patrick laid his out, to be quite honest, so far. Um, Didn't he say Princeton hosting Maris, though? No, I don't think so. I don't he think did it, say Delaware yeah, the, the, Maris? The play-in game is always the two lowest-ranked AQ teams. So okay. Delaware and Marist were each that makes sense. Qualifiers. Okay. So they funnel, they funnel to the one seed all the time. Um, so we'll know here pretty soon. Because it would be very bad for Maryland if they don't get the four or the five, right? I don't know. I mean, it I depends mean, on how the bracket is. I'm going to, I'm going to guess Maryland's going to pop up here as, as uh, the four. Here yeah. comes the four right now. Right? It's either going to be Hopkins or Maryland. If I had to guess. Sorry it, about that. If it's not though, then they're 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 they have to play the three seed, which is going to be one of the three good. Yeah. I mean, Duke, teams, Duke, right? Virginia, Notre Dame are right. your, are your probably one, two and three. Right. Uh, and, and then four and or five is essentially the same because four, five, and six are the Big Ten teams, right? But four and five in this selection in this tournament are basically the same because they're going to play Army and Bryant. I think people are Probably. talking about. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. You're going to beat one of those two, and then you're going to play the each and other like, anyway, right? I got. I got. I, I got to be honest. If I want to play one of the ECC teams, if I'm Maryland, I want to be playing Duke potentially in that. In that final four. Well, then you want to be four or five, then, right? Exactly. So we're gonna hopefully we're gonna see right here pretty soon, um, and what we can talk later about about why I, why I think Duke is 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 more susceptible to a team like Maryland. Oh, this is eight and nine. This is not gonna be four or five. This is eight nine. Yeah. So yeah. Cornell. So Cornell got the last seed. There was they're probably gonna play Michigan here. I gotta tell these guys to stop texting me. Cornell. I bet you that's gonna be Michigan popping up. Is is we're still is Patrick perfect so far? Um, I don't think he had Cornell and that eight line. He might have. Uh, let me look. Who did he have? Uh, Maryland did not play. No, Cornell. he did. He had Cornell. So far, he's he's perfect. If Michigan pops up here, yeah. So so far, Patrick is he is four for four, five for five. Oh yeah, because you're right. The, the, the two playing. Oh, now will come the four and five matchups where we hope yeah. Maryland is. If they drop to six, I feel like that's pretty bad. It, it depends on the bracket, though. That's always the interesting thing about a, a tournament this small. It really depends on, you know, you're going to have to be one of the three ACC schools. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just depends on on where. Um, well, and if you're saying Duke is the best one, then you definitely went four I, or five. I, I don't think – yeah, I, I think for Maryland, I think I think Duke's defense is a problem. 
Oh, uh, for okay. for Duke, not for Maryland. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, Duke's Duke's defense is is uh, their defensive midfield in particular is not super good, and their goalie is pretty untested. Um, it seems like kind of an important issue. So here's the other seed. thing to think through too is is where these games funnel to for quarterfinals. So after you win your opening round game, you then go to a quarterfinal site, and uh, the two predetermined quarterfinal sites this year one's up at albany and one's in annapolis um and so there's a lot of speculation right now about you know if maryland and hopkins are the four or five and assuming they both win their opening round games they might funnel to annapolis which would be amazing you know hopkins maryland here's maryland no that's uva there's they're, they're hyping the ACC like they always do on ESPN. Got to got to toe the yeah. company line. Um, what what's going to happen to lacrosse if the ACC implodes because of the football stuff? That'll be crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, to to the benefit of the Big Ten, probably, right? Um, but who would? I, I guess UVA, if, UNC. If they went to the Big Ten, that would turn the Big Ten into an absolute monster. The only monster remaining, because yeah. right now yeah. ACC and Big Ten are fairly yeah. close, yep. right? And then, but, and then, and then the Ivy is probably the the one that's that's. But a know. distant second, it would not the be third, close. Yeah, yeah, they they would not. Yeah, for sure. But if they went to the SEC, then maybe that is the impetus Georgia and Florida and those guys need. At, just like Maryland leaving the ACC going to the Big Ten, yeah. maybe that would be the impetus for lacrosse to spread throughout the Southeast as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that talk about what would happen in that conference realignment, you know, and and if UNC and UVA would go to the SEC or the Big Ten, right? Um, Duke, Duke, I think becomes the odd team out because the SEC is not taking them. Duke, either Duke the they what do they do? Do they go to the Big East? I think they go to the Big East. Which, uh, they might go to the Big East for everything. Yeah, uh, and then football would have to be an independent, right? Um, but you know that actually wouldn't be. I mean, Big East lacrosse isn't bad. I mean, Georgetown is going to be a seeded team here. Um, normally, the Big East is getting two teams in. I don't think they get two in this year. I think Denver. Well, if if Denver's the West out. Coast expands like we're hoping, the Big East would lose Denver. Then correct. Yes, but that would be good for the sport if that happened. Yeah, yeah. So, so of of the games they've done so far. Um, that Michigan Cornell game is going to be super interesting because Cornell is like defense optional. They have a really, really good goalie. Uh, they're they're pretty good at the faceoff, um, and they've got a good offense. But Michigan and Michigan was a terrible, terrible matchup for the Terps this year because Michigan has three guys on offense that all three can dodge, all three can pass, all three can shoot, and against a team like Cornell that is has. They've got a really one good defender, a guy named uh, Gavin Adler. And then the other two people, their other two close defensemen at Cornell, uh, just getting lit up every week. And it's like a shooting gallery on that goalie, uh, a guy named Chase Ireland. And, uh, you know, Michigan has two really good faceoff guys and a great offense. And, uh, you know, Michigan gets a lot of possessions against a team like Cornell. That ball is going to be in the back of the net a lot. If you're looking for, you know, a matchup that that that's going to go south right away for a seeded team. That was probably a coin flip, and this might be a question to ask Patrick. A coin flip between Cornell and Michigan as a seeded team. I'm guessing, you know, Michigan's RPI was a little lower. I think their RPI was 12. 
Cornell's is, uh, I think, nine. So that probably came down to it. He's going to be joining us in nine minutes. I'm wondering if we're even going to be done the bracket by then. Probably not. We may not be. So we'll watch it together with him the last yeah, 10 minutes. ESPN and ACC got to pay the bills here. They got to, <laughs> yeah, they got to get the commercials in. Although, although does this show have a lot of ratings really? It just the same people that are listening to our podcast. Well, we got 26 now. We've so, doubled I mean, since before. Yeah, so. so I mean, you know, the lacrosse world's paying attention right now. Moving up in the world. Yeah. No, awesome. no uh, interaction though in the chat yet. Oh, you guys I'm, watching? Say something in the chat. I'm guessing Maryland. Ask some questions in. for wheels. Larry, I'm guessing. Maryland's oh, there we go. go. Maryland's four. Got the four. Hopkins is going to be the five here. Yeah. The interesting thing, again, will be to see who they funnel to. So I'm guessing they're going to play Bryant or Army. That's what Patrick's got him. Patrick's going to play an Army. Yeah. Maryland with the four. And really, this is a down year for Maryland, and they're only the fourth seed in nationally. That's a good, you're good, good shape, right? So Maryland, number six RPI, they had two top five RPI wins, one against Hopkins, one against UVA, um, only one bad loss. And that was uh, Loyola. Well, it depends what you mean by bad loss to an well, RPI team, but they got utterly throttled by <laughs> Michigan yesterday, right? Bad, bad, bad. Um, yeah. And then of course they got a, they got to put their graphic up here to see, you know, is Maryland going to lose in the first round or, or not, but let's like see if army scary. pops up here. Interesting. Army. So army is a fascinating team, Larry. They've got um, uh, almost an entirely brand new defense and offense. Uh, their goalie uh, waited three years, senior first year as a starter, the kid, I think his last name is dent. Unbelievable goalie, active, athletic, um, and the Patriot League Defensive Player of the Year is uh, is an Army long pole, and of course, like you'd expect in a in a, a service academy team, highly disciplined. Their offense is interesting. They got one or two kind of you know kind of drink stirs, and the rest are kind of complementary components. Um, they're not super efficient at the faceoff X. Uh, wow, Penn oh, State at the five. I gotta share. I gotta share my my sheet Whoa. again. Sorry. Penn that State's is, the five. That is surprising. First surprise of the. I thought that'd be Hopkins. So Patrick had Maryland at five, Hopkins at four. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and we're then, expecting uh, Bryant here, right? Is yeah, I opponent? think Bryant's going to pop there. There's the Penn, Penn State, State guys. Team this year too. They, you know, hit a down couple of years. Senior heavy team, lots of seniors and grad students. Princeton. So, Princeton. Whoa. <laughs> well, it makes well, sense so to match a, them together. But say, say here, here's an interesting thing. Penn State has already beaten three Ivy League teams this year. They beat Yale. Uh, they beat Cornell. And uh, and who was the third one that they beat? Uh, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Because they've already beaten Harvard. The, no, it was another really good Ivy team. Oh, this Penn. They beat Penn, who's on the bubble. So they beat Penn, Yale, and uh, and Cornell this year. And now they got now they got a Princeton matchup. Princeton was on the bubble. Maryland beat Princeton earlier this year up at uh, up in Princeton, and uh, Princeton's come on strong lately. They had to win the Ivy League to to even get make the field. Is it if Maryland if the seeds hold 
Penn State's a better second round matchup for Maryland than Johns Hopkins, correct? Um, I don't uh, know. No, I mean, Notre Dame is three. three. So that means UVA is going to get the two. Yeah. Um, Patrick had Notre Dame at three. So, yeah, I'm sure Patrick's going to have some interesting comments here about, about the Maryland, about the Hopkins, Penn State, but also Princeton playing in that. Uh, well, I mean, if you're effectively the 12 seed, I mean, if you're Penn State wanting to see Princeton's probably not what you want to see. You, oh, really? Yeah, you probably would have preferred seeing Bryant or, uh, you know, actually, he's got Penn State. He actually had he, he had Penn State at six playing Princeton. So actually both just bumped up a line for him. That's interesting. So he had that matchup. Correct. He just had him one spot below. Notre Utah, Dame, Utah is playing Notre Dame. So the NCAA likes to limit the flights. I, um, I was watching that. They only want two, two of them. So two Utah flights. will be one. Yeah. All right. So there's Hopkins at six. Hopkins at six. And they're going to draw Bryant, I'm guessing, here. Yeah. So a lot of the matchups are the same. It's just the... Penn State Princeton matchup and Johns Hopkins. Is it Bryant? It's gonna be Bryant. I think they're the last AQ. Because this is the last, this is the last pairing, I think. Uh, no, we still got one more pod. Bryant. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, Bryant. Because yeah. we still got Georgetown. And the real bubble question now is gonna be Yale. As who's gonna so yeah, so Georgetown's probably gonna be the seventh seed here. And so whoever is effectively the 10 seed is yeah, going to be yeah, either yeah. Yale or Penn. It's going to be Yale or Penn or Denver. Those or would be Denver. Three. Okay. Yale or Penn or Denver. We're up to 31 now. Hey, guys, how you doing in the chat room? If you haven't given us a follow yet, please do that. Show us the love, trying to get us up to 1,000. 854. There's some stuff going on in the IMS chat room. Oh, really? Yeah, Cornell, Michigan, people. Four seed gets army. Yep. Yeah. Little comment. Uh, PSU Princeton is spicy. Uh, in the in our chat room on YouTube, they're asking, and you'll have to answer this. Do you think there's a favoritism towards Maryland? I think it's probably against Maryland, right? Like <laughs> you know, this is a constant source of conversation, right? Um, I don't think there's a bias towards Maryland. Uh, I think there's a bias towards the ACC schools is my, right. my, my own take. I think what they did there, and again, this is for Patrick. I know he's coming on in two minutes here. Yep. My guess is, is. Oh, here we go. UVA. UVA at two. And, and they're going to draw Richmond here. Cause it's a drive. I'm just going to slide it in. If I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess they're going to draw. It's got to be Richmond. Who else yeah. could it be? Then Georgetown's the seven. I'm just going to – they're not even announcing this yet. I'm just going to put no, it No, I mean, they're just, you know. I'm, I'm going to put it all in there, and then the only real – the only real intrigue left is who gets that last spot. I'm guessing when the when the committee was doing the, the big ten teams, Maryland, Penn State, um, in that Maryland Penn State Hopkins order, 
I'm guessing they diverted to head to head Penn state. Yeah. There's the Richmond Penn state. Uh, Penn state beat Hopkins head to head. Maryland okay. Hopkins split one each uh, and Maryland beat Penn state head to head. Maryland had two top five wins. Penn state had one. Yeah. So I'm guessing that was probably what the committee ended up thinking when they bumped. They the other bumped thing, that. it used to be like five schools from Maryland were making a tournament every year. Yeah. It was yeah. like Maryland, UMBC, Towson, Loyola, Johns Hopkins, and Navy, six really good lacrosse programs all in the same state. Yep. So that's not obviously not the case anymore. So that's good for the spread and growth of the game as well. It is. And, you know, schools like Richmond, Richmond is a, Really good program. They got great facilities. Their head coach is really good. They recruit super well. Richmond's one of those schools that could take that Richmond or take that Denver jump. They could definitely be a team. Uh, they're playing in the eight ten now. So there's Georgetown at the seven. So yep. here's the only intrigue. The next one. Who is it? Only intrigue left. Denver. Now, now remember, Georgetown started out the season zero and three. They've won like twelve straight games or something. But all their opportunities for high-end wins, they lost early. Uh, so they just ripped through the Big East and uh, their remaining non-conference schedule. Let's see. Here's the intrigue. Who's it going to be? Penn, Yale, or Denver? Here we go. Here we go. They're teasing us. I know. Really gonna go to commercial. Holding it, holding it, go to commercial. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so Penn, Penn and and Denver are bubble out. Yep. So there's a tournament bracket. And I expect Patrick Stevens will be joining any second here. We might get five minutes with him. I don't know. Yeah. So but he's super busy. He he was telling me he's gonna be up till three in the morning doing stuff. So yeah. I, I mean, look, the fact that you can even get him here is is awesome because he... Well, I told him, I said, if this is uncomfortable for you, don't do it. Here he is. Yeah. You know. I was like, don't even do it. So... Yeah. He's connecting right now for those of you guys listening. There he is. Patrick Stevens, how you doing? Well, how are you, fellas? Hey, Patrick. Well, how you doing? We were going at first, we're looking through the tournament bracket. I know you got to go, so we're going to jump right into business here. We're like... Patrick Stevens, one for one, two for two, three for three, four for four, five for five. And then, and then the Big Ten. Then the Big Ten picks happen. Yeah, some things. The, really, the only thing is you got the matchups right. They just had some of the Big Ten teams in a different order. That's all. That's right? it. Yep. What do you think it was? Uh, I think that they probably, you know, I, I had it the order as Hopkins, Maryland, Penn State, and the order they went with was Maryland, Penn State, Hopkins. Right. And yep. so my guess is, is that the head to head for Penn state mattered. Yep. Uh, maybe some of the higher end wins for, for, for Penn state mattered a little bit more. Uh, and so, you know, I, I didn't think there was a huge difference between those three teams. I, I think we've seen that as they've played. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think probably Maryland got a little bit of a bump because it won a game this week and the other two teams didn't. So, uh, either way, I, I'm not surprised to see Maryland in the four in a four or five scenario. Anything else surprise you? I mean, so uh, Yale gets in over Penn and Denver. Anything else? No, no yeah, I mean, it, this one, this could have been dicey 
if Princeton had lost and you're sitting there and you're going, well, do you let Denver in or do you let Penn in? Uh, Denver obviously has a little bit of sentimentality there that's not supposed to be a variable uh, with Bill Tierney retiring. Uh, you know, Penn probably had some better wins, also seven and five. Denver didn't look great. Not that's just one game, but you know they put up a fourteen. They were on the wrong end of a fourteen-five, just like Maryland was yesterday. Uh, so I thought Princeton winning and in, in some ways Michigan too uh, made the committee's life a lot easier. If both of those teams had lost, it would have been pretty easy because I think you let Denver and Penn in, and I could sit here and try to guess off the top of my head what they would have done. Uh, probably Denver to Cornell and then Penn to Penn State or something along those lines. I can um, share the bracket here, too, so we can look at it while we're talking. We this we were doing this during the selection, so this is the whole bracket here for you. Well, how do you think, since we're on a Maryland show here, how do you think this the draw is for Maryland? What are their chances? Gosh, I mean, Army's a really tough team. I really enjoyed watching them in person a couple weeks ago at Navy. Uh, offensively, they're, they're kind of the same as they usually are. There's there's a couple good players that, that that you'll know their names, like guys like Reese Burrick and and Paul Johnson. Uh, Evan Plunkett, the freshman, uh, has had a great year. But the thing with them is that you know they just have a lot of dudes, and then they've got a great faceoff guy uh, in uh, you know in, in Will Coletti. And Knox Dent, the goalie, has been fabulous. And I'll tell you what, you know their defenseman, the sophomore AJ Pilot, is a fabulous player. He is a second or third team All America type of fabulous player. Uh, against Navy, he wasn't just separating uh, the ball from opponents. He was separating them from their own sticks, and he did that like three times. He is a he is an excellent player, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see him uh, play up close again. Uh, that's a tough game for Maryland. Now, the thing about Maryland is, it, as you well know, it is a high-ceiling, low-floor team. And so if they come out and play really well, which they, they usually don't follow one stinker with another, um, then they'll, they'll probably be okay. And they'll probably squeak out like a two or three goal win because Army has not been a, a team that's played like badly pretty much at any time. They had a one goal loss to Cornell, a one goal loss to BU in there, and then an early loss to UMass. Uh, and then after that, you know, they've played, they've beaten Penn State. You know, Princeton's a team that's playing really well. I mean, it is a, it is a path that, it's it's perfectly conceivable that Maryland could be in the Final Four uh, at this time in two weeks, and it's perfectly conceivable that they could lose on Saturday night. No chance so, to win? I, I don't know if this team is capable of stitching together four consecutive good games. I mean, they haven't won more than three in a row all year. Right. As, and, our, as our buddy Bruce Posner likes to remind a lot of us often that, you know, you give John Tillman a week to prepare, right? They're going to be good. It's that that Memorial Day weekend. We just well, saw on, on a quick turnaround what happens, right? Well, that's some of it. And, and, you know, let's just be honest. I know they beat Virginia, but Virginia and Notre Dame and Duke are, are three teams that are better than everybody else. That doesn't mean they can't be beat, but they're better than everybody else. And I, I think that, I think that a, a Duke against Maryland will be a tough, tough sledding. And like I said, you know, you look all year, they've had a week between games and, you know, that didn't stop them from pay- playing poorly against Michigan the first time or against Loyola back in February. So I-, I don't know that this is a team that will stitch together three consecutive good games. Some of that depends on health on the defensive end. I mean, they're going to have to stitch together games where they are really buttoned up at the defensive end, in large part because there isn't that singular 
factor on offense like they've had for the last several years. Uh, and so I, I tend to think that, that that for this team, a successful tournament would would constitute making a final four. Yeah. Um, did they did they show where uh, the quarterfinal routing went? Do we know? Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they didn't. But okay. if I was a betting man, I would say that they're headed to Annapolis because you have you have Notre Dame's going to be put in Albany because there's no reason not to send them. There. Um, you would have Virginia and Georgetown getting funneled into Annapolis, and then you have Duke and Cornell. The idea of Cornell maybe traveling a little bit further east. Uh, to Albany for that game. I think that makes the most sense uh, with Maryland and Penn State being in Annapolis, but that was not uh, on the selection show, at least the portion that I watched anyway. Uh, but that would not be a surprise to see that in Annapolis. So I know you. we got limited time with you. you got two minutes left. Who's your final four and who's your ultimate champion, your prediction? Yeah, um, so I'm just going to wing this thing basically because I yeah. hadn't really thought of it. Uh, I think Virginia gets through in that lower quadrant. Uh, they, they're a team that, that just has so many answers, although I think Georgetown will put up a, a much better fight if they get through against Yale than they did the quarters a couple years ago. You know, I look at that at Notre Dame-Hopkins group. You know, I, I, feel like, I feel like that's Notre Dame getting through to a Final Four for the first time since, I think, 2015. Um, Really kind of wishy-washy about that that the the Maryland Army Penn State Princeton group. I mean, I could see any one of those four teams making it through. Uh, and then up at the top, I'll take I'll take Duke. I'll take the three ACC teams. And you know what? Let, let, let's have a little fun here. They're playing really well. They've got a hot goalie. I'll go with Princeton to pull off two upsets and make it to Memorial Day weekend. And your champion? Uh, gonna lean towards gonna lead towards Virginia here. Um, Virginia, you know, has the ownership of Notre Dame and maybe a quick turnaround will give them a shot against Duke that they haven't been able to have during the regular season in the past. You got one more form wheels. We've got one minute left. Well, I mean, I was going to ask big, uh, big upset, but, but when you said Princeton coming through, I think that's, I think that's a team I really, really like. I don't know how big, how big an upset would Michigan over Cornell be right now? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure it really counts all that much. Uh, and I, I, it also is fair to ask, does Michigan keep that mojo going? After you know playing with fire and brimstone this past weekend, um, you know I'll, I'll I'll tell you a game to keep an eye on. J- j- besides Maryland, obviously, which could very well lose to Army, I think Hopkins could have some problems with Bryant. That's a really explosive team. Now the thing about Hopkins is, is unlike Maryland, as it's you know high ceiling, low floor, it, you know I I think Hopkins's ceiling is a little lower and its floor is higher. So chances are they're going to play well enough to get through there. Uh, but I do think Brian's going to give them some problems. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us. We know how crazy this night is for you. It's very awesome of you to give us just these 10 minutes. I have one thing to ask you. One thing I'm super interested in is the growth of the game. And I'm always trying to find articles about who the next Division One expansion teams might be. Is the Pac-12 going to do anything? Is the SEC, the Big 12? What else might happen? How do you – do you think you could do an article on that? I think it'd be awesome. I would love well, it to hear your whole outlook on that. Well, I think the best bet is for it to be a lot like many of the schools that have added it in the last 10, 15 years or so. I mean, you think about Richmond, you think about High Point, you think about Mercer and Jacksonville, uh, schools that want to boost you know, their enrollment numbers in a lot of ways, get people that, that, can, that can fill some dorm rooms and things like that. It's more likely to be... N- 
a smaller school or a private school than it is to be a power conference school. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And um, we love what you do. And we're very appreciative of your time. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for, thanks for having me, fellas. Yep. Bye. There's Patrick. He stayed an extra minute. And I'm, I'm not as I, – I, I watched the Army uh, Loyola game. I am not as concerned about Army as, as Patrick. Now, look, you know, can Army go on the road and, and knock Maryland off? Like, absolutely. And he's right if Maryland, you know, isn't, isn't playing well. Um, Army's got a great defense, but I also do think Maryland's defense is, is equally as good or, or if not better. If they're Don't playing, they, they have injuries, though, right? They do, and and this will be interesting because you know uh, Ajax Zapatello being injured, he's got a hand injury, and there he is not out for the season. I don't know for sure, and and you know it's not like Coach Tillman has has said anything um, about a, a, a timetable for a return, but it would not surprise me if they would hold him out until a quarterfinal matchup. I think if he is back this year, I would not be surprised if it was a quarterfinal matchup. So that's assuming they get through round one. Um, the, the good thing about it playing against a team like Army is they've got, they've got fewer knowns to, to, the good, to the good side, right? Their unknowns are probably not players who are going to jump up like, like the Maryland basketball curse, right? Like a player gets injured and all of a sudden we're, we're always like, I ah, great. That guy's going to come in and score 40 points. Now um, army probably doesn't have a player that can come in and take over a game. That's not one of their knowns. Uh, so that kind of makes it a little easier for Maryland to game plan and uh, coming off this last game, there's a big brouhaha going around in, in, in lax social media world about Tillman, not, not being nice enough to Kevin Conry after the game and, and congratulating him well enough that he just briefly shook hands. Um, People just don't like Maryland. They don't. And and they're still jumping on the whole glove incident, which is, which was nonsense as well. Uh, you know, John Tillman is very good friends with Kevin Conry. Kevin Conry was an assistant at Maryland for five years. Kevin Conry doesn't get that job at Michigan without, without John Tillman. Uh, I think John Tillman, was super pissed at his players after that game. And uh, just knowing what Maryland's done after every loss, Maryland has come back the next game and just obliterated teams. So I'm not super worried. That next matchup against a possible Penn State-Princeton, a little more interesting, right? Because it's rematches. They played both of those teams this year. Penn State feels like Maryland got lucky in, in their loss. That game was in College Park. Now they'd be playing them in Annapolis. So you got to figure that's a going to be a heavily, heavily pro Maryland crowd there. Um, you know, unless UVA is funneled there, then maybe the UVA fans root against Maryland. But um, interesting though, and you know, you got you got Princeton playing a lot better now. So that quarterfinal game would be interesting. But John Tillman's only ever lost one quarterfinal game uh, at, in, in, at Maryland. Yeah, they've been in. I was looking at the at the history. They've been in seven of the last eleven finals. Yeah. That's insane. It's unbelievable. They could <laughs> just win a few more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it is pretty amazing. All right. Give me your prediction. Uh, What's your final four and your champion? So put those back up. Okay. Yep. I'm going to share it again. Here we go. Here's the bracket. 
I mean, I do think there are going to be some upsets. For example, I mean, I, I do think Michigan, I think Michigan is going to win that game. Um, but um, I actually, I like Maryland coming out. Uh, I like Maryland coming to the final four against Duke. Um, and on that bottom half, um, you know, I think we are going to see a UVA Notre Dame final four. So I think we're going to have three CC teams in Maryland. I do like Maryland to upset Duke. I think Maryland matches up very well with them, um, but I don't think Maryland has it in them to to turn around again on a quick quick turn. They're 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 just young. That defense, um, you know, still a little banged up. Um, so I don't know. I I I don't think UVA comes. I do think UVA comes out of a game against Notre Dame with a win. Notre Dame just can't match up with them. Just. So a rematch from two years ago, UVA beats Maryland in the final. I, I do think that if, if I'm picking now, that's what I'm picking. Um, I'll tell you, upset alert to be to be aware of too. Um, Delaware is not a team to 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 be messed around with. They have a great defense. They got a guy named Owen Grant who is a, a, a premier lacrosse league, probably top five defensive pick. Super experienced offense, good face-off unit. They absolutely have the pieces to knock off a team like Duke. And remember last year, Georgetown was a two-seed. They hosted an unseeded Delaware team, and Delaware beat them handily. So Delaware is not a team that that is not capable of going on the road and and upsetting a higher-ranked team. Now, unfortunately for them, they'd be on a short rest. That game is what Wednesday, I think the the playing games, I think Wednesday. So they got to turn around yeah. pretty quickly after that. But would I be shocked if Delaware knocked off Duke? Not even a little bit. Um, I, that Princeton Penn state game super interesting to me. Um, I, I kind of like Penn state coming out of there, to be honest. Um, I don't think Hopkins is going to struggle with Bryant. Um, I, I think Georgetown could give UVA a better game this year too. So I'm going I'm going lots of upsets. I think Michigan is going to make the final four. Wow. I, I I've never watched them play all year by the way. Um uh, <laughs> I think uh I think Penn State is going to get the revenge against Maryland and make yeah. the final four. I think Notre Dame and Virginia are making the final four and I think Notre Dame is going to win their first ever national title. Wow over Penn State in the final. There you go. Wow. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong too. (laughs) I'd much rather have yours. I'd much rather Maryland win the whole thing. But I And this is someone who's watched Maryland like pieces of three games and no other games. So that's – you can take my predictions with – But so next year, next year, Larry, you're going to take a step up. You know, you're going to watch every Maryland game. Yes. I'm going to watch every Maryland game. I'm trying not to do the Paul shtick here, although I'm getting dangerously close. Oh, although Paul, I'm sure Paul hasn't jumped into to, to mock, you know, to mock, it, to mock this whole I, endeavor in one way, shape, or form. I do, as the games are happening, often follow through the thread as yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Um, and actually, I did watch some of the championship. I was exaggerating a little bit i watched the beginning i saw when they cut it the six four and i was like okay okay and i was kind of flipping back and forth because the orioles were playing at the same time 
And then I come back at 7-4, then it was 8-4, then it was 9-4, and it was like, all right, I'm not watching anymore. Do you want me to hit you with uh, with, with, oh, with, yeah, some, yes. with some We're, phrases? For those of you who are watching live and who will watch later, last time we did a lacrosse season preview, and we had actually Coach Tillman on the show with us. And at the end, we did a segment where Wheels – asked me lacrosse terms to see how well I could do to guess if, see if I knew the lacrosse terms to see how well I did. And I think it went four for four. And then we gave up tiebreaker and ended up five and four. Although I still maintain that I, I was pretty good on the rope unit, but you didn't give me credit for it. Okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. So, Oh, you know what? I'm going to stop sharing. We're going to, we're going to come back here. We're going to do this for this segment here. You're going to give me the terms. I'm going to guess what they are. Go ahead. All right. When they say a player went around the world, what do they mean? So it makes me think of something, and I hope this is right. I think this is when they're behind the goal and they come across and shoot kind of back into the goal like that with their stick. All right. Close. I mean, it's, 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 it's a type of shot. Okay. So it's when a player has... Um, oh, when they spin... No, they, they actually oh. just wrap their arms. They, they, they're they holding the stick and they wrap their arm around their head. and shoot. kind of shoot backwards. Oh. Almost like a behind the back kind of shot. They call it going around the I wall. can't give myself credit for that because I thought it was when they kind of come that, from behind and they're up to the front of it. Okay. Tough one. That, one right. is, that one is what you're talking about is actually referred to as an air gate. Because he. Gary he, Gate made that shot famous and it was actually outlawed. You can see in the PLL. It's outlawed. Why? The pros can do it. Uh, college, uh, you can't. You're Why? not allowed to do it in college. They they say it's a, a player safety issue. Oh come on! <laughs> what? <laughs> well, how do you prevent it? How do you, is it a judgment call whether it's an air gate or not? You're not allowed to land in. There's like an inner circle. Right. You're not allowed to land in the circle. But if you don't land in the circle, then you can jump from behind and do but, it. Right? But you also can't do it from behind. You can't hit the goal. Right. Because often that's what would ha- what happen. So what if they kind of come from the side? Is it a judgment whether they? Yeah, can- as long as you don't land in the inner circle, right? There's an inner okay. crease inside the crease. As long as you don't land in front of that. All right, next one. All right, let's go. In lacrosse, what is a yard sale? Patrick actually kind of referred, kind of referred to to this, but it's kind of colloquially referred to as a yard sale. A yard sale? Like nothing's even coming to my mind with the yard sale. Is it what is a yard sale? You're you are it is when at the end of the game you are down and there's no you have no real chance to win and you just throw everything caution wins like pulling the goalie and everybody's just going forward, going for everything. That's the yard sale. All right, so let me give you another hint then. Okay. <laughs> if I'd refer to it as de-twigging. De-twigging? If you, de- if you de-twig someone. Oh, de- you, you knock the stick out of their hands. Yeah, so sometimes it gets referred to as a yard sale. Okay, right? got it. Flying out yard yeah, sale. Yeah, I remember him talking about that now. Yeah. All right, 0 for 2, although I think my, exp- my uh, answer was entertaining. Okay. It was a good one. That's All why right. I, was, I, was, I was smiling. <laughs> Well, All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so um, it's referred to as a Gilman clear, as in Gilman High School, right? Like in Baltimore, it's when, when they say Gilman it, so you'll hear that sometimes. They'll say, "Oh, they just Gilmaned it." But, it, okay. but I even I even threw a little in there on calling it a clear, a Gilman clear. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, 
I have the first thing that comes to mind is that normally when you clear, you're trying, you kind of pass your way up and you, or you run it the way up. A Gilman clear is when maybe the goalie does it even, you just chuck it. Yep. And there you go. Okay. You got it. All right. So Gilman, one one for three. Like Gilman, Gilman High School was famous back, back in the day, like 60s and 70s. They would, a goalie or defenseman would simply just take the ball and throw it to the opposite corner and you let the attack then fight, fight for the ground ball. So it's called a Gilman. This has got to be, people probably have to look down on that as like really bad strategy, bad lacrosse tactics, like, like advanced lacrosse, you pass your way up. That is the more well-respected way to do it. Doing the Gilman clears. And eh, you'll still see it though, because when you'll see it now is you have 20 seconds to get the ball across midfield. What you'll sometimes see is as the, as the clock is getting closer to 20, you will see players throw it to the corner. Well, that kind of makes sense because there's 20 seconds left. Yeah. And but in general, if you do that, I'm kind of thinking of soccer. Like, yeah, like there's this, there's like playing this over the thing. top, right? Like yeah, the long top. balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, when you hear someone say that they changed planes, changing planes. So. I'm going to assume by plane, they mean like, like level of the field, like offensive third, middle or back, like, and changing planes means you're shifting from a more middle part of the field to the more offensive part of the field or something to that effect. If you're changing planes, uh, you know, you're, you're it's more about shooting, but you've got the kind oh, of concept oh, like high, medium, high low. to low, low yeah. to high. Yeah. Okay. But, but you were kind of getting there with, with nah, the planes. I mean, it's yeah, it's not it's not what I. Some, that's some good critical thinking there. How'd you do on the SATs? I mean, you're you're working I, through all this, Paul. I, I or Larry, sorry. Come on, man. I know, Jesus. Stop like, the show. That was stop terrible. the show. Jesus Christ. My bad, Larry. He's laughing his ass off right now. <laughs> no, he's not even watching. I took the SAT the night. I did not sleep the night before because I partied with some heavy, heavy stuff and did not sleep and went and took the SATs and I got a 1210. So I was saying you probably scored a 1600. You're I, out of your mind. I got a 12, I got a 1210, but, just, uh, but, but that back in the day, that that's a good score, Larry. It was pretty good. Yeah. 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 All right. Two left. Yeah. A face dodge. Jesus Christ. Face dodge. So It's when it's the equivalent of, of a center in basketball who does face up or back to the basket. But when you're fa- you're when you're char- when you're driving face up as opposed to back to the basket move, face dodge is you're facing them head on and you dodge them as you're facing them. Close. It's um, as as someone runs out at you or as you're running at them about to shoot it you pull the stick across your face. Oh. So it's it's like it's like you're kind of juking them but by pulling the stick across your face to go around them, sort of like in hockey a toe drag. Okay. Although lacrosse Got it. Has, lacrosse players actually do a toe drag like hockey players, but it's a similar kind of phenomenon. It's like a it's almost like a crossover in basketball in a way. So you do that they run out and then you get around them and then you can shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see it. You'll see it all the time. Last one. All right. What is the island? 
they'll tell players to get to the island or they'll tell defensemen to guard the island. What's the well, island? Well, even before you gave me the hint, and that just kind of solidified it in my head, the island is the area behind the goal where you hang out back there. And there's someone back there on offense who's always positioned behind the goal. That's last, the island. Last time I asked you what X was, and X was the position behind the goal. Oh, yeah, you did. Larry. Okay, so hang on. The uh, Get to the <laughs> island. On, Larry. Get to the island then. Yeah, I do. I do know X is behind the goal. The island must then be the spot right in front of the goal. So the island is referred to as the five yard by five yard area in front of the goal. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell defensemen to, you know, you got to guard the island. But you'll hear people talking about dodging players getting to the island. If you can get to that five by five area, your shooting percentage goes way, way up, right? Yeah. So if you can get shots from within five yards of the goal, five yard rect square in front of the goal, your your shooting percentage rapidly uh, increases. And so they call it the island. I'm not feeling very, very good about myself. I went one out of five. Did you have five or six? Uh, one, two, Only got one, really. Five, six. Give you six. One out of six. These these were tough, man. These were these were advanced. I mean, last time, last yeah. time, the the ones we got last time were. were we have uh, another show. Out. You're going to be pulling stuff out of like. <laughs> be like well, at that point, I, 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 I think you would have actually. I think you. By that point, I think you'll actually be you'll be a lacrosse pro at that point, Larry. So. I don't have a lot of confidence in myself <laughs> on that. I don't have a lot of confidence. I, I'm doing my best. I'm doing no, my I, best. Look, I, I, I get, like I told you, one, one of the underreported IMS stories is, is your emergence as a burgeoning lacrosse fan. I, I get text messages from Larry, everyone. Larry text messages me during games <laughs> and gets, he gets pissed off at stuff. It's and, true. I have watched more than I, than I, than I said. Yeah. He but, does. You, you text me, you're like, what, what are they doing taking a shot? Hold the ball. Hold the ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was awful. What game was that where they did that and then they gave up a goal? It's like awful. Like, hey, Tillman, can I teach you about how to do end of half, end of quarter time scenarios? Come on, man. That was so bad. What, what game was that? I'm trying to. I think it was Penn game. State. It might have been. You're like, come on, hold it. And I was like, no. I'm like, is that the game they took a really big lead? And I was texting you. And I said, game's over. And you were like, pissed at me because yeah, <laughs> they were up by that. like four in the first quarter. Yeah, I was like, knock it off. You're like, there's also, no way. Also, when no I, I game. went to visit my son at Elon and I watched the Elon women play, I sent oh, you a video of that. Yeah. They yeah. lost to Old Dominion 12 to 11. Wow. It's a good game. Yeah. Women's game is so different. So different. You know, the, the thing where they, I know why they do it, but the thing where they score and then they throw their sticks to the ground, fuck yeah, they're like <laughs> throwing a stick to the ground and it's so hilarious. And I'm like, why is everyone doing this? Like maybe one person that could be the thing. I know it's because every there's a rule that they have to check the stick every yeah. time. Yeah, it's it's wild. And you know what's funny <laughs> is, if, is if in the men's game, if a player scored a goal and threw a stick on the ground, they you call a they go for some conduct penalty. So, but but don't the sticks get checked every once in a while? And they have the little ruler thing where they're checking yeah. the size and so end of end of every quarter, the refs will randomly pick a stick from from each team to to check. And then a coach can call for a player, player stick to be checked. Or a coach could call for the gloves to be checked. Oh my God. So, you know, that whole thing has been so blown out. Um, 
there, there, there's, there's interesting stuff around that. One, I, I've, I've posted about it in the threads uh, before. There, there's a bigger story there, and you know, like people, a thing between the coaches. No, I mean, it, it got, it got blown out. Like, like Coach Tillman was doing something like you know, ungentlemanly, right? Like, yes, there are rules, like baseball, like there's hidden rules, and come on, no one, no one does those things. And he never called for us. He never called for a glove check. He he mentioned something way earlier in the game, way earlier in the game, like two quarters before it happened. He he said something to the refs about not really knowing the rules, and and uh, they, you know they're kind of like, what are you talking about? And and he's you know he apparently is is like I mean look you guys don't even know that, and they were like what? And I think they were embarrassed that they didn't know what the rule was. So later in the game. They called it. They called it without without even asking. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if you know that's what I've heard from from some people around the program. I've also heard from a couple of different people around the program that you know Ohio State has a bit of a reputation among all the other Big Ten schools of being a a very difficult um, team to play against. Not from a competitive standpoint, but from a like dirty, not not dirty, but but for some reason. Ohio State finds itself uh, a lot of times in these kinds of weird dust-ups. Embroiled in controversy. Yes, and uh, it seems to follow them. But for every um, for every school, they every every Big Ten school apparently has had a run-in with, with Ohio State. Yeah, oh, since the conference started, right back in 2015, they apparently have had a run-in. All of them. Every single school has had a run-in with them. But interestingly enough. The other schools don't seem to have run-ins with each with the other schools, right? So like Rutgers, Maryland, Rutgers doesn't seem to have any run-ins with, when they play, you know, Johns Hopkins. Hopkins doesn't even have run-ins with Maryland when they play. But but for some reason, it seems that all the schools have had these strange happenings against Ohio State. All right, when's the first game? Uh, I believe it's Wednesday night, the play-in, uh, and then Saturday at Saturday. Maryland. No, no, that that's the play-in game. Is oh, uh, oh, oh. no, yeah. I meant when's Maryland's first uh, game? I believe they got assigned that seven thirty Saturday night game, and that's College at Maryland. Park. Yeah, in College Park, seven thirty in College Park. I will be doing a show, so I will not even watch the game. Funny enough, I have a work event. I don't know if I can get there. I was hoping they were going to get a Sunday game. Um, I have a. My wife would have gotten pissed about a, a Mother's Day. Me, <laughs> I'm doing a show Saturday night, so I will not be well, able to watch. That's awesome, it. man. Yeah. So yeah, apparently Saturday night, seven thirty. Okay. And if they win that, it'll be a whole week to the next one, correct? Yeah, they'll probably play the next Saturday. Hopefully, it's Annapolis. I still haven't seen if they assigned uh, the quarterfinal sites yet. Okay. All right, Wheels. Well done once again. You are the lacrosse expert. It's awesome having you. Awesome having Patrick Stevens on the show. Everybody who saw that, please give him a follow. He is discourse, but the I is a one. So it's D-1-S-C-O-U-R-S-E. Why did I think C-E for a second? S-E. Yeah, discourse. Follow him. He's awesome. If you're a lacrosse fan, you're going to love him. If you're a basketball fan, you're going to love him. If you're a sports fan, you're going to love him. So give him a follow. He is a, a friend of the show. And uh, we'll do it again, right? Yeah, Larry. Well, thanks. Thanks for thanks for springing the idea, man. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to support the non-res. You know, I'm I'm a 
I'm doing my best. You are. I maybe it. It, maybe if baseball, we can do something with them too. Do you know that as well? Or just I do not. Baseball is not my thing. Is there somebody on the board who's a baseball? Oh, I'm actor? sure there are. That baseball thread's pretty pretty yeah. happening all the time. I, right? I I follow the games through that baseball thread too, and mm-hmm. I, I will actually sometimes watch. It's about the same amount of every once in a while. If it's on, I kind of watch kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Awesome show wheels. Go Terps. Let's see what they can do in the tournament. We'll see. Underdog this year, but. As a four seed. I know. It's crazy. As a four seed. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. This is I Miss Radio. Please subscribe. Give us a follow on YouTube. We'll see you next time.